Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. evening. Uh, thank you to Pastor for opportunity to, to join in uh, to this series tonight. I do want to make a quick shameless plug for our elements class. We will be kicking off again next week, starting over at module one. So if you've wanted to jump in and haven't yet uh, participated in the elements class, next week would be a phenomenal time to start. Uh, if you're interested in that or if you have any questions about that, Uh, Please come and see me after the service. We can talk about that and get everything set up for you there. I'd love to have you as a part of that that class. Amen. Two weeks ago, Pastor laid the foundation, the the groundwork for the series on the, the gifts of the Spirit. And last week, Brother Christian taught us about the gifts of knowledge and the gift of wisdom. And tonight, I'm going to dive into the topic of faith. And more specifically, I want to dig into faith as it pertains to the gifts of the Spirit. Um, I want to make a, also a quick plug, not to boost ratings or boost numbers or anything like that, but um, Wednesday nights I am in elements class teaching, but we do have a phenomenal resource. It's our church website that you're able to go back and listen to sermons, to messages, to parts of series. And I encourage you, if you ever miss a service, go check it out. Listen to the Word of God. Find out what, uh, what we're talking about, what's being taught, what's being um, brought across the pulpit, and uh, even if you were there at the service, but maybe feel like, you know, you need to get something again, or you missed something, go ahead and take advantage of that resource. Now, that doesn't give us any money. They're not monetized or anything like that. It's purely for your benefit, um, but that's a, that's a big resource that we have, so I was able to go back and, and check into that to hear uh, how Pastor taught, how Brother Christian taught, and so that we could uh, jump in with that and hopefully hopefully run seamlessly together. I am going to start tonight with 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'm going to read starting at verse 1, and we'll read uh, more scriptures than I would normally read, but we'll just go ahead and dive in right now. It says this, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there's differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but it's the same God which works all in all, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to other uh, diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these work together, uh, all these, sorry, work that one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. For as a body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we're all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. 
For the body is not one member, but many. And if the foot will say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it has pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are the uh, many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. Those members of the body which we think to be less honorable upon those which we bestow more abundantly upon, uh, abundantly honor and uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. Reading through, skip, I'm going to skip down to uh, verse number 28. God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles. Have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret. But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show you I a more excellent way. So, I know it's a lot to read through basically the entire chapter, but there's a lot of things, a lot of uh, elements of that um, gifts of the Spirit and how, not just what they are, but how they operate within the church, how they operate within the body of Christ. And I find it important to really understand and grasp uh, the gravity of it. When Paul's talking to the church at Corinth, he tells them, he says, it's not that, um, that the gifts of the Spirit are just something that are, you know, lofty and unattainable, he starts out by saying, I would not have you ignorant of these things. I want you to know them. I want you to understand them so that you can then operate in them. And he talks about how uh, we want to see that in operation even today. We want to see that in operation. A couple chapters later in uh, chapter 14, he talks about how all the gifts are for the edification or for the uplifting, for the building up of the body of Christ. And so it's important for us not to just uh, discount these things as lofty or heady or high-minded, but to actually understand what are we looking at? What are we talking about? Why would Paul take this time to talk to the church at Corinth? And why would we take this time to uh, have a series about the gifts of the Spirit if it were not important and indeed meant to be operational in our church today? So just like uh, Paul said at the beginning, I would not have you ignorant of these things. That's what we want to do tonight is make sure that we're not ignorant of these things concerning that. So um, Pastor covered a ton of this stuff, uh, a ton of this chapter, if not all of it, in the beginning of the series. But there's so many important things throughout it that we're going to kind of come back to as we go along tonight. But just want to establish them as the foundation right off the bat. So... Looking at faith, looking at uh, gifts of the Spirit, he says he's given to some faith. It interests me how many times and how many different ways we're exposed to faith throughout Scripture. Um, Faith first is described to us in uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is simply believing in something that you cannot see. That's what what faith is. Uh, A couple verses later, verse 6, it says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So we understand that faith is believing in something you haven't seen. Then we see that faith is necessary to to please God. That's understanded because we wouldn't even believe in God if it wasn't for faith being the first the first part of that. Talk about belief and, and all you have to do is believe to be saved. Well, I would agree with that if you're willing to 
submit to what does belief mean? Because if you believe in God, then you believe all the things that God says. You believe all the instructions that he gives. You believe all the commandments and the uh, uh, directions for uh, eternity that he would give. So believing in God is definitely the first step to salvation. You can't say, I believe in God, and then I don't believe the things that he says. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. So faith, just at its core, at, at its definition, at its uh, elemental foundation, what is faith? It's, it's understanding, it's believing in something that you can't see. And so it's interesting to me then that we look at faith as something that's described to us, something that's necessary, something that's uh, an important first step in the belief in the salvation process. But if it's already established and it's already commanded and it's already necessary to please God, why would we be given faith as a gift of the Spirit? Could you have the Spirit if it wasn't for faith? And that was a question that kind of just, you know, rattles around my mind because I ask a lot of questions that might not make sense, but that didn't make sense to me. So we're going to look at a little bit of that tonight as well. Um, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 through 17, talks to us about faith in a different aspect. It said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with the truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of the peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance unto the supplication of all saints. So we see faith is exemplified and even applauded by Jesus then when he's talking to the centurion ruler in Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 10. When Jesus was entered into Capernaum, they came unto him, a centurion, beseeching him, saying, Lord, my servant lies at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled, and he said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Now, why, why is that important? Why is that unique? Why is that uh, of any substance. Well, the centurion would have been a Roman, not a Jew, okay? And so he wouldn't have had the same understanding, the same knowledge, the same faith base as the Jews would have. He wouldn't have reverenced Jesus as this, this holy man. He definitely wouldn't have called him the Messiah. But yet he came to him with faith. And Jesus said, this man has faith. Now, we know that this wasn't faith as a gift of the Spirit because the Spirit hadn't been poured out on anybody, not even Jews, much less Gentiles at this point. So we have to see that faith can be in existence. Faith has to be in existence at, at an elemental level before we can even talk about faith as a gift of the Spirit, okay? So we're taking a little bit of time here. We're establishing some things, and hopefully we're not getting lost along the process, but look at it this way. Faith leads us to salvation. Faith leads us to receiving of miracles. Faith is imperative to even taking a first step towards God. 
and it remains so to walk with him day in and day out. How many know we have to have faith if we're going to continue to believe in God and trust in him and do this walk with God thing on a day in and day out basis? That requires faith. That requires belief in something that we cannot see. So it might seem curious, or at least it did to me, then when we look at the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22, 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such, there's no law. So if the fruit of the Spirit, which is only born of those that are full of the Spirit, includes faith, how could we have gotten the Spirit without faith? So we got to understand faith is presented to us in a lot of different ways. So what we're trying to understand here is that a gift of the spirit of faith is different, deeper, another level than just the faith that we're talked about of faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, right? It's different than that. But the faith which comes as a fruit of the Spirit, which means we're full of the Spirit and therefore bringing forth fruit. We're growing. We're presenting vegetation, showing what we're being fed by, showing what kind, what type of person we are, what type of Christian we are, what type of, uh, of life that we're bringing forth, that fruit that we're bringing forth. One of the elements of that fruit is faith. So that means that faith is more than just a one-time belief. It's more than just a one-time understanding. It's more than just a, oh, well, you know, I, I'll believe for a second. Or I believe God could fill me with the Holy Ghost. I believe God might exist. I believe that maybe we're all just here. I believe this. I believe that. I believe the other. Okay, faith is a part of that. But it goes beyond that because it wouldn't be considered a fruit of the Spirit if it meant just believing. Because why? Because you already had to have it to obtain the Spirit, okay? So we understand faith at its core of belief is just believing in what you cannot see. But faith as a fruit of the Spirit then is something entirely different. And faith as a gift of the Spirit then would be something different altogether from that. Because the Bible tells us that uh, not everyone is given at every time. Not everyone is used at every time in the gifts of the Spirit, if I'm supposed to show forth the fruit of the Spirit at all times, then faith has to be elemental to who I am, okay? Faith, faithfulness, faithful, uh, faithfulness to God, faithfulness in what we believe, faithfulness in the doctrine, faithfulness in our lifestyle, faithfulness in our choices. These are what it looks like when we're exemplifying the fruit of the Spirit. We've been filled with God's Spirit, and so we're exemplifying the faithfulness of God. We're being filled with God, we're being fed by God, and so we're bringing forth God and his element of faith, which would be faithfulness. Does God need to believe? No, because he's God. He doesn't have to believe in God because he is God. That's saying, like, do you believe you're a real person? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm here. So we understand then that we're exemplifying something from God as a fruit of the Spirit. That's not faith as belief. That's faith on another level, which would be our, our faithfulness, okay? And we're not talking about the fruit of the Spirit tonight. We're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. So we're getting there, but I just want to take some time and establish that when we hear this word faith, don't discount it. Don't write it off. Don't just be like, oh, they're just talking about belief because it goes so much deeper than that. It's such another level than that that we don't want to miss out on. So again... Why would we be instructed as Christians, which is indicative that we believe in God, why would we be instructed to put on the full armor of God, which includes the shield of faith? 
it seems like it's either a redundancy or sort of a false gift if I have to have it before I can get it, right? If he's saying it's a fruit of the Spirit, it's a gift of the Spirit, but you have to have it before you can get the gift. Well, that, that's not fair. <laughs> How do I do that? I, you, you can't do that. Uh, I'm trying to come up with a great analogy, but uh, it's a waste of time now because the moment passed, all right? So <laughs> just understanding that, that, that if you have to have this element, faith, before you can exemplify faith, it's impossible, right? Does that make sense? We can all agree with that? Not at me or something. I'm in a teaching mode, so I want to see at least a little bit of feedback. I know I'm not getting an amen yet because, you know, we're not there. But I just want to understand, like, I'm not off in la-la land. Like, I've got somebody at least, okay? We understand where we're at. All right, thumbs up. That works too. All right. Perfect. All right, I got two thumbs up. So now I'm ready to go from Siskel and Ebert. We are ready to go. All right. So we've established then, uh, we know that um, we have the Spirit, okay? And we're walking in the Spirit. We're living in the Spirit. We're growing in the Spirit. Now, one of the miraculous gifts of the Spirit is, wait for it, faith, okay? So I've got some questions. And that is, what are we going to, uh, what are we going to do with this? We're going to dig into this a little bit tonight and kind of figure this out. Um, Brother Bernard wrote a book entitled Spiritual Gifts, and, and in it he breaks down the gifts of the Spirit as they're commonly classified. And um, maybe you've heard the gifts of the Spirit classified before, maybe not. Some people talk about them as like administrative gifts, practical gifts, uh, directive gifts, things like that. Um, here he breaks them down as, uh, in, in three sections. There's gifts of revelation, gifts of power, and gifts of utterance. So gifts of revelation would be word of knowledge and word of wisdom, like Brother Christian talked to us about last week, and discerning of spirits. That's uh, revelatory gifts. Like So we understand that when we're operating in the gifts of the Spirit, this is all supernatural. This is outside of what we're capable of doing as humanity. If we're doing it in our own abilities, it's not a gift of the Spirit. It's just your natural giftings, okay? And there's a difference. If we don't understand a difference, then we're in a lot of danger of being tricked. We're in a lot of danger of um, following after men's doctrine instead of God's doctrine. We're in a lot of danger of following after uh, the charisma side of the Spirit. We're in a lot of danger of chasing down some, some paths that, that aren't God-led. Because again, if we're doing these things in our flesh, we cannot call that a gift of the Spirit. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying that God, God can definitely gift us. God can gift us in a lot of ways, but if we're operating in the gifts of the Spirit, that is directly led of the Spirit. We'll, we'll get to it a little bit more uh, as we go, but I just want to say this. The gifts of the Spirit are not intended to be 24-7. This is what you walk in. This is what you live in. This is what you do, because that, again, becomes a natural, a nature thing, and this is not a nature thing. If it's just a, a natural thing, there's nothing special about it, okay? So um, we're looking at this, these gifts of revelation, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits. Next in the gifts of power would be faith, working of miracles, and gifts of healing. And then the gifts of utterance would be prophecy, diverse tongues, interpretation of tongues. That makes sense. So the revelation thing makes sense. It's been revealed to you by God, uh, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, gifts of utterance, things that come out of your mouth, what you utter. That makes sense. Prophecy, diverse tongues, interpretation of tongues. This is gifts of power. 
Gifts of power is uh, where we find faith, working of miracles, and gifts of healing. Now, this gifts of power, these, these other things, there can be a human element involved. There's a human element involved when there's a message given in tongues and then an interpretation. There's a human element involved. There's humanity that has to be yielded and submitted to God, but there's room there for that to not happen right. Okay? There's room there for that to not happen right. There's room there for someone in their flesh to, you know, this is my moment. I'm, I'm going to preach my own message here. There's room for that there. Now, that's well, obviously wouldn't be led, and that's not a gift of the Spirit if we're doing that. But these other items, they have a very human element to them. But these power gifts, these gifts of power, these are things that are, are supernatural, that are outside of the ability. For instance, working of miracles. There's not one of us here, there's not the most spiritual person you know that is capable in and of themselves of working a miracle. There's not one of us here that's capable of healing anyone. Well, then why do you have people come up every time? We believe in the power of healing. We believe that God can heal. We believe that God can do absolutely anything. And we do follow the word of scripture. We do have the elders of the church anoint with oil, lay hands on, and call on the name of Jesus. That's the imperative part. Okay, because we are not healers. None of us are healers. It's a gift of power. Okay, the miraculous has to be involved. But it's interesting to me that faith is in that power gift. Faith is included in that power gift. Why is that? Because when we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit and faith as a gift of the Spirit, this is something that is beyond what we are capable of in our humanity. I know anytime we're talking about ways that we can or should be used of God and these gifts of the Spirit, it can feel like you know a battle between like, um, am I capable? Am I eligible? Am I able? And then, like, why me? And then, like, uh, you know, is there somebody else better? But then there's also the element of, if I can do it, is it really the Spirit? Okay, and this takes that completely out of the equation. We can't work miracles. We can't work healings. And we can't have gift of the Spirit faith without the Spirit supernaturally leading us in that moment. So understanding that faith has to be present to operate in any of the gifts of the Spirit and to understand that faith must be present to heed to any of the gifts of the Spirit, we have to ask uh, this one question and the answer we're digging for tonight is what is the supernatural gift of faith? That's what we're looking at tonight. The best way that I've seen this described uh, is also in uh, Brother Bernard's book and he says this, the gift of faith is the supernatural ability to trust God or inspire trust in God for a particular need or circumstance. Okay. The supernatural ability to trust God or inspire trust in God for a particular need or circumstance. And this is where it begins to start to make some sense that the gift of faith is classified as a power gift. Because this type of faith in a moment, in a circumstance, in a situation that seems difficult or even impossible, this type of faith is usually the predecessor to miracles. We're called to have faith 
We're called to believe, we're called to trust, and we're even called to be, uh, have faithfulness as an aspect of the fruit of the Spirit. But when we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit, these are not a constant operation, but a move in a moment. If they were constant operation, we said this earlier, uh, there would be nothing supernatural about it. So when we're looking at the gifts of the Spirit, whether faith or any other gift, I do not believe that anyone filled with the Spirit can be used in the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, I'm sorry, I said that completely wrong. (laughs) That's what it says here, but that's not what I meant to say. I do believe that anyone filled with the Spirit can be used in the gifts of the Spirit, all right? That's a costly typo. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I do believe, I'll say it again for the recording and for everyone else here, I do believe that anyone that is filled with the Spirit can be used in the gifts of the Spirit. All right? All right. We got there. We figured it out. So, the gifts of the Spirit are not this uh, other level. They're not this super spiritual uh, indication. The gifts of the Spirit are not meaning that uh, so-and-so is a better Christian than you because they're used in the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit does not mean that they're closer to God. It does not mean that they have a better walk with God. The gifts of the Spirit are gifts of the Spirit. Okay? And it said to us in, in, in chapter 12 there that Uh, God gives them to whosoever he will severally, which means not everybody all at once, not all the time, not one specific individual, and not because we're uh, attained a certain level of holiness that there's God and Peter and then me. No, it's it's, it's not a hierarchy thing. The gifts of the Spirit are a gift that God uses for the edifying, the uplifting of the body of Christ that are directly given through the Spirit. So if you are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, God can use you in the gifts of the Spirit. It's, un- it's important that we understand that. We don't, that's not a throwaway line. That's not, I just said it because it sounded good. If we want to see the gifts of the Spirit in operation in our body of Christ here, then we have to understand and realize. We have to accept the fact. We have to exercise the faith. We have to believe that the gifts of the Spirit are gifts of the Spirit. And if you are filled with the Spirit, God can use you in the gifts of the Spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. Raise your hand if you've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Okay. You are able to be used in the gifts of the Spirit. I need you to understand that. Because what can happen sometimes, and and it's happened to me, and I've heard testimonies of it happened to other people, is that God can in a moment want to use you, and he can prompt you to be used, and he can prompt you with whether it be a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge or even a a tongue or an interpretation. He can prompt you into these things that say uh, that, that God is ready to use you and he's trying to use you, but our flesh, our doubt, everything else creeps in and shuts that off and says, nope, not me. I, I, why would God use me? I'm, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't even pray yesterday. God, God can't be using me with the Spirit. If we're in the Spirit, we're filled with the gift of the Spirit, we're, then God can use you in the gifts of the Spirit. So if God speaks to you in the Spirit, you submit to that. You yield yourself to that. 
You exercise that gift. Otherwise, you're hindering what God is trying to do through you, and it's not about you. None of the gifts of the Spirit are about us as individuals. None of the gifts of the Spirit are about you. That's why, again, it's not this higher level of, of, of Christianity. It's not this, this uh, you know, how high we've attained and how much we've prayed and how much we've... It's not about that. It's about God wanting to uplift, edify the body of Christ. We've got this... I'll go ahead and just call it stupid. We've got this stupid thing that we do as humanity where we like to like rank everyone. We like to have hierarchies. We like to have authorities. We like to have uh, rankings, you know. The, uh, who, who's, who's the closest to God? Well, obviously, pastor. Well, who's after that? It's got to be assistant pastor. It's got to be John, right? got to be Brother Brom. Well, who's after that? It's just a, a, a wildfire after that, right? We got to rank everybody. We got to see, oh, well, who's, you know, who did that gift? Who did this thing? Who spoke that word? Who did that interpretation? Who did this? And we're, we're missing the fact in our humanity that God is trying to speak to us in the spirit. It's not about an individual. It's not about a person. It's not about your humanity. It's about God speaking through his spirit so that he can talk to us. Do we understand that? Okay. So again, discounting your humanity, we're looking at the focus of the spirit. And I got off on a tangent. I don't even know where I'm at in my notes right now. <clears throat> All right, we're looking at uh, gifts of the Spirit. Already did that. Okay. All right, so I do believe, that's where we were. Remember I said I do not believe, but I was supposed to say I do believe. I do believe anyone filled with the Spirit can be used in the gifts of the Spirit. I do not believe that you're a better or a worse saint based off of your use in the gifts. Okay. That doesn't qualify you or unqualify you based off your use in the gifts. God can use who he wants, when he wants, and how he wants. Heard pastors say it the first week. I've heard many people say it throughout the years. If God can speak through a donkey, mm, it's even more powerful in King James, but we'll leave it in King James. There's a vital caveat, though, to this statement. You have to be willing to be used. You have to be willing to be used. If you are not willing to be used, guess what? You're not going to be used. God can even prompt you in your spirit. And if you're not willing to step out and exercise faith, you will not be used. Okay? So, God can use who he wants, when he wants, how he wants but we have to be willing to be used. God will not speak through you if you aren't willing to open your mouth. The gifts of the Spirit are not a takeover of your physical. Rather, they're an operation of the Spirit through your physical. Okay? This isn't God just like takes over the puppet strings and starts like making you dance across the front and then go throws your hand on somebody's head and starts taking control of your tongue. We can be led of the Spirit, absolutely. But that's not what the gifts of the Spirit are. The gifts of the Spirit are God using through your spirit, using your spirit through your physical. Okay? All right. So then coming into the knowledge and understanding of how these gifts work, we can see the importance of the gift of faith. 
We can see the way the gift of faith can be used, and we can see also that operating in the gift of faith at a moment doesn't mean that there's never a doubt about anything in your mind ever again. We understand that, okay? We have to have faith to be Christians. We already established that. We have to have faith to have the Spirit. God can move in a supernatural way at a supernatural moment for a specific circumstance, a time, a need, whatever that might be, that it's faith beyond what we're capable of. The best way that I can kind of describe this uh, in a more uh, tangible word than faith, because faith seems like over here, like it's there, but it's hard to like quantify, right? But what we do have that we're able to quantify that's similar is when God says uh, that he'll give us peace and peace that passes all understanding. So that in a moment that seems like there should be no peace, in a moment that seems like all we should deal with is, is hurt and turmoil and doubt and fear, in that moment we can have peace, we can have understanding. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Now this is the type of faith that I'm talking about, where it doesn't even make sense. Talk about things that like God speaks a word to somebody or God says something to somebody or even, uh, even prophecy has this element of gift of the spirit faith to it because that prophecy goes forth. That has to be a God thing. You've got, can you imagine the level of faith that you have to have to proclaim something from God to a group of people and believe that he's not going to leave you out there to, hang you out to dry and make you look stupid? There's faith that's attached to that, right? Gift of the Spirit type faith, supernatural faith. And I want to say this. I know that, uh, that the description that we read of that gift of the Spirit faith, the supernatural ability to trust God or inspire trust in God for a particular need in, or circumstance, this doesn't change everything else that we've heard about the gifts of the Spirit, we know that according to chapter 14, the gifts of the Spirit are given for the edification of the body of Christ, not the individual. So what I want to say, what I want to say is this, gift of the Spirit faith, in my estimation, don't put this on your pastor, don't put this on the King James, if I'm wrong, we'll talk about it later, Pastor Cox will fix it, I promise. Gift of the Spirit faith, in my estimation, the way that I see Scripture, the way that I interpret Scripture in this moment, gift of the Spirit faith can seldom, if ever, be used simply for your own benefit. Because why? It doesn't edify the body of Christ. It's back to a personal thing. Okay, so what's this look like in operation? What's this look like in operation? This looks like when a need is brought forth. When somebody brings forth a need and you say, I'll pray for you, you know, we're, we're Pentecostals, we can talk about it, right? I'll pray for you is different than I will pray for you. I believe it's going to happen and I'm going to say a prayer of faith right now. There's a difference. <laughs> I'm praying <laughs> and then we're back to Xbox or whatever you're doing, right? Prayers. <laughs> We've talked about that before. Prayers. We've got that, that you know, yeah, we can say we're going to pray. Or, yeah, man, I believe God will do it for you. I believe God can do anything. Believe it. Believe for it. That's different than 
I believe that God is going to do it. You know what? Let's stop what we're doing. Let's go call on the name of the Lord Jesus right now because God can do a miracle. And I just feel in my spirit that God's going to do something for you right now. That's gift of the spirit faith. Understanding the operation of the gift of the spirit is not 100% of the time. That doesn't mean every text message you get that somebody needs prayer, we have to have this, I've got faith that's going to happen. It doesn't happen every single time. If it did, what? It would be natural, not supernatural, okay? So this is what I'm telling you, and this is what I want you to be aware of, that you can be used in this gift of faith, this miraculous faith. I wish we still had the signs up. We're, we're in this, this building campaign right now, this capital campaign, whatever you want to call it, fancy words for it, right? We believe that they're going to multiply, multiply the message and multiply the miracle. But I believe that that's talking about the multiplication of the miracle we already have, but I believe that we will see miracles multiply on top of that. And I believe that if this church feels the empowerment that I'm trying to help us get, if you feel the empowerment that God has already said that you can have as a spirit-filled believer, if you can feel and receive and use that empowerment that God has given you, we will see miracles happen. We will see healings take place. We will see financial miracles happen. We will see uh, exponential miracles, things that are beyond quantification. We're going to see the these things take place, but it's not going to happen if we're timid, if we're shy, if we're shut down, if we're hesitant to believe, if we're skeptical about everything that's said. There was a word of faith spoken by evangelist that said that he believed that that number that was given was the tithe and God said he would supply the rest. Can I be completely transparent with you? There was a part of my flesh that went, mm. but I had to check myself. Because that's a word spoken in faith. That's a prophecy that went forth. And my God, if I'm going to be the one that doubts and stops it from happening, that's not going to be me. So I'm going to stand on the word and I'm going to claim it and I'm going to believe it. I believe that God can do it. I believe that God can take care of the rest. I believe that God can miraculously do things that are beyond what we can ask or even think because his word tells me so. And this is the type of faith that we've got to have. This is the type of faith that we've got to operate. In. This is the type of way that we've got to let our spirit lead, not our flesh. Who we walk by uh, sight, right? We didn't walk by faith, not by sight. When we walk by sight, that's when we get the, eh, I don't know. When we walk by faith, that's when we say, you know what? If the man of God said it, I'm going to stand on it, I'm going to claim it, and I'm going to believe it. Amen? Amen. We've got this knowledge, this understanding of the faith, right? And, and, and that's going to be always for that edification of the body. All right. I want to say this. Operating in the gift of faith at a moment doesn't mean, I said already, it doesn't mean that you'll never have a doubt ever again in your life. Don't get me wrong, though. This is not an opportunity for someone to say, well, I wasn't given the gift of faith. So, you know, you guys believe what you want. That's not my gift. No, because we still have to have faith as Christians. We still have to show the fruit of the Spirit faith. That's not your chance to just uh, say, well, I guess I don't believe. That's anti-Christian. That's anti-God. That's anti-Spirit. If you are a Spirit-filled believer, faith is an aspect of the fruit of the Spirit. It's not negotiable. But praises to God because when he chooses to gift us or gift someone around us the supernatural gift of faith for a moment, a need or a circumstance, power follows that gift of faith. 
signs and wonders follow that gift of faith. Miracles and healings follow that gift of faith. So if you start to feel something that God's leading you, and make sure it's your spirit, make sure it's God talking through the spirit and not the pizza that you ate. When you start to feel God welling something up inside of you and telling you something and confirming you and telling you you need to step across the aisle and pray for somebody and telling you that you need to find a place of intercessory prayer for a brother or sister or telling you that you need to speak a word to somebody, again, it's gotta be God's spirit. But don't hesitate to do it. Don't stop that. Don't shut that down because without that supernatural gift of faith, that supernatural healing might not take place. You understand what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about just helping you believe. That's not gift of the spirit because that doesn't edify the body. That edifies the individual. I'm talking about gift of the spirit faith that uplifts the people around you. There's a lot of things in life that are contagious and faith is one of them. You come across somebody that absolutely believes beyond a shadow of a doubt in something and you start to talk to them, you can't talk to them for very long before you're starting to either be like, wow, they're really crazy, or you're jumping on board. Those are the two choices. When you talk to somebody that's got absolute faith, it becomes contagious. And you, that's, why, that's why you have uh, uh, evangelists and, and missionaries come through and they start talking about testimonies and this person was healed and that person was healed and this many people got the Holy Ghost and that many people got baptized. It's not about self-aggrandizing uh, them and lifting them up about their ministry. It's about building faith so that you're ready to see that if it happened for them, it can happen for me. It's the contagion of faith that says, if God can do it for somebody else, he can do it in my life. If God God can work in that family, he can work in my family. If God can reach that school, he can reach my school. If God can do that in a neighborhood, he can do it in my neighborhood. If God can use that person who's filled with the same spirit that I'm filled with, then he can use me who's filled with that very same spirit. This is what we're talking about. This is the type of gift of the spirit faith that uplifts a body, that changes the dynamic of a congregation, that changes a body of Christ from being dead and stagnant and sterile to a place that we're bringing forth fruit. We're seeing lives change. We're seeing differences made. We're seeing God do works and the church is growing and expanding. And we're seeing uh, ministries like Altar Recovery take off and skyrocket. Because why? Because we've seen God do the work in somebody's life so it becomes If he can do it for them, he can do it for me. Praise God. Praise God. This supernatural gift of faith for a moment, for a need, for a circumstance, it's like having a blessed assurance. It's just, you just know, you just feel, you just can't be convinced otherwise. The last thing that I'm going to touch on very quickly is this. The last scripture in 1 Corinthians 12 that we read, verse 31, it says, But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. I must admit, I was tripped up by this scripture for a lot of years. A lot of years. I mean, for, uh, from just a very juvenile perspective, first it says covet, which is, that's in the Ten Commandments, we're not supposed to do that, right? <laughs> Next it says the best gifts, but it doesn't say which one's the best. In preparation for this series, I came across a beautiful explanation of this scripture that I'd like to share, and maybe it's going to help somebody else tonight. It says this, we should actively desire and seek all of the gifts of the Spirit. While 1 Corinthians 12.31 speaks of the best gifts, it does not identify which gifts are the best. Some may suppose that only a few of the nine gifts are uh, superior and therefore desirable, 
But would God present us with a list, a list of nine gifts and then tell us to only seek some of them? That's like God telling you, oh, the Holy Ghost is possible, but not for you. What? That's not God, right? That's like God saying, you know what? Uh, forgiveness is possible, but eh. Holy Ghost is better. Forget forgiveness. He wouldn't do that. He wouldn't offer us a gift and then say, one of them's more valuable than the other. So we've got some explaining to do. Would the Spirit grant some gifts that are not desirable? In the only indication that a specific gift is better than another, 1 Corinthians 14 describes prophecy as superior to tongues in a public meeting. It also underscores, though, the value of tongues in private devotion. However, and it discloses that tongues is equal to prophecy in public meetings when there is an interpretation. Okay, so Paul's talking about how uh, tongues is more about edifying the individual because guess what? Nobody can understand what you're saying. That's kind of the point. So prophecy in a public setting is more valuable than speaking in tongues is what Paul is, is, is driving at. But he's saying that doesn't mean don't speak in tongues. There's still power to speaking in tongues. There's still absolute power and benefit to speaking in tongues. He also isn't contradicting himself. When a message is given in diverse tongues and then an interpretation of those tongues, that is a prophecy. That has benefit. That has power. If I were to speak the heavenly language that God has given me, that might, you might be like, oh, that's great. God's really moving. I can see the spirit on that brother. And maybe, you know, that kind of starts to set an atmosphere. But you don't have any idea what I'm saying. That's what he's talking about. There's a, in, in a public setting, the gift of speaking in tongues isn't as profitable as a word of prophecy. Okay, that's the only time that he ever compares spiritual gifts. All right, and then he uh, backs that up and says how powerful they both are in their moment. All right, so it's with this understanding, it appears that the best gift can vary depending on the circumstance. The best gift is the one most appropriate and needed in the moment. To desire the best gifts, then, is to seek whatever gift is most important for our church at the time and pray for the Lord to grant them according to his perfect knowledge and wisdom for our situation. So what does that mean? Brother Bernard wrote that, and sometimes he's, all the time he's a lot smarter than me, but sometimes he writes in a way that's like, huh? So what does that mean? What that means is that when Paul says, covet earnestly the best gifts. Paul is saying we should be tuned in with the Spirit. We should be full of the Spirit and asking God, what do you need in this moment? How can you use me? If you can use anything, God, you can use me. I'm submitted to you. I'm your servant. Whatever you want to do, whatever you want to say, however you want to say it, and however you want to speak it. God, if you can use anything, use me. There's a moment. There's a move. There's a faith that's built in this place. There's a there's a, 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 an atmosphere that's set. We're primed and we're ready to go. And God, if you need me to be, if you need to use something, use me. God, I'm willing to be what you need. Coveting the best gifts, which means whatever we need at this moment, however God wants to work, that I'm surrendered to it. I'm submitted to it. I'm yielded to it. I'm ready to give my everything to God and say, God, if you want to do something in this place, use me, but whatever you got to do, use whoever you got to do, but don't let me be what stops what you want to do in this place. 
That's what we're talking about when he says, covet earnestly the best gifts. Whatever gift is needed, you need to be in tune with the Spirit. You need to be full of the Spirit. We can't be used in the gifts of the Spirit if the Spirit's moving and we're back here twiddling our thumbs. We can't be used in the gifts of the Spirit. We can't see miracles happen. We can't be used in the miraculous if God's moving over here and we're on Facebook liking and disliking all the things that we're scrolling through. Come on, people. This is not what God is calling us to. We're at a day. We're at an hour. We're at a moment when the gifts of the Spirit are absolutely necessary. The gifts of the Spirit are absolutely vital. We have got to see these things coming to fruition in our life and in our church and in our church services and believe with all your heart that God can still change lives. God can still work miracles. God can still create a difference. God can still make new what's been destroyed. God can do all of these things. But the way that that's got to happen is there's got to be an atmosphere set. There's got to be a people of God who are filled with his spirit, who are ready not just to say, I'm going to spectate and see what God can do, but are ready to say, if you can use anything, God, use me. I just want to be a vessel that you work through. It's not about me. It's not because I want my name in lights. It's not because I want to get all the accolades or all the glory, but God, if you want to do something in this service, I pray that you would work through me. I pray that you would speak through me. I pray that you would just make sure, God, that I'm not what stops what your spirit wants to do in this place. Covet earnestly the best gifts. What does God want to do? And are you willing to let him do it through you? That's what it looks like to have a team concept, a true body of Christ mentality, that the gifts are for the edification of the body. And God, if you want to use me, use me. If you need to use somebody else, use somebody else. But God, please move in this service, in this need, in this moment, in this body as best you can. Whatever we need from you, God, grant it to us in this place. And that's where the gift of faith comes in, to know that you can pray, believe that you can pray, and expect to see it. That's the gift of faith. Pastor Cox. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also, don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you, and we hope you have a great week. Thank you.